You're listening to a sermon from Hebron Baptist Church, a church in the northern Kentucky Cincinnati area that's committed to making disciples who make disciples. We want our love for God to be evident in our lives and for the Word of God to bear fruit as we go on mission across the street and around the globe. We hope after hearing this message, you'll connect with us on our website at hebronbaptist.org and visit our campus, not far from I-275 in Hebron, some Sunday morning. Our worship services are at 9.30 or 11. And now, here's a message from God's perfect, life-changing Word. in your copy of God's Word or your devices to Mark chapter 15 and verse 40, 15 and verse 40, uh, that is page 905 if you use the pew Bible that is in front of you, 905, uh, and we are going to read from this text as we have been going the last few weeks of Mark's account of the Passion, and uh, we know that Mark saw this as important message the main message of the gospel of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And today we get to learn of the good news. Uh, the, the news as after Mark shared last week of Jesus' death. The good news that the story didn't end there. That Jesus is alive. That Jesus made a great escape. And today we're going to learn of how God gave us hope through it. Let's read beginning in verse 40 of Mark chapter 15 and to verse 8 of chapter 16. There were also women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come with him to Jerusalem. When it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who himself, looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. When he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he bought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Then he laid him in a tomb cut out of the rock and rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter... He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. They went out and ran from the tomb because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. Let us pray. 
God, we pray this morning that your words through Mark will help us see the great news of Easter, that your son is alive. And we're thankful for this account because we know your word is true, that it can change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Who doesn't enjoy a great escape scene in the movies? Uh, Maybe the first one that I remember most clearly in my memory of movies is uh, the great escape of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark and the big boulder coming after him, running and thinking, is he going to make it? Well, that would have been a short movie because it was in the first couple of minutes there. But we know that movies, that's one of the the story plots that make the the movie fun and exciting. Maybe it's a a car chase or escape. Maybe uh, maybe you remember back in the day of uh, of Steve McQueen riding away on the motorcycle of the prison. Or or maybe you've seen a Jason Bourne movie. There always seems to be some sort of an escape going on there. It's an excitement. Are they going to make it? But there's also something more that we can think about. We, we think of escapes also in the terms of illusionists and magicians. We know Harry Houdini made it famous, escapes being tied upside down or being put into water. We, we see illusionists like David Copperfield or David Blaine on our TV sets. And we sit astonished at just in the last second when the breath or oxygen or whatever is about to run out, boom, they're out. And we're just set confused. How did this happen? How could this even possibly be? Well, this is the good news of Easter. Because something greater than an escape in the movies and something greater than any TV or magic illusion could ever display happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus escaped the grave. 2,000 years ago, there was a real escape recorded in history that changed the course of time, that defeated death, that defeated sin, it changed the world forever. And it wasn't aided by Hollywood CGI magic, and it isn't aided by tricks of illusions. It was done by the power of God, that Jesus was scourged, punished, beaten, hung, suffocated, and died, that his disciples scattered and hid, that the leaders rejoiced, that he was buried in a tomb with a large rock that that three women thought that there would be no way they could do and open themselves, that everyone who was against Jesus celebrated And everyone who was with Jesus was in fear. But God, on the third day, did something astonishing. God, to quote the rapper KB, said, Not today, Satan, that Jesus, my son, is alive. And he walked out of the tomb and he sits at the right hand of the Father. This is better than Steve McQueen. This is better than Jason Bourne. This is better than Houdini or Copperfield. This is the resurrection of someone who was dead and is now alive. We have the good news of Easter 
that Jesus was resurrected after the third day and the hope of the resurrection is for his believers. Today, the question is this. What does the resurrection mean to me? What does it mean for me? We have to contend with this historical fact and record. You may deny religion, you may deny Christianity, but there are hundreds of people who went to their death trusting that Jesus is alive. And today, we looking at the recorded facts must say, what does this mean for me? Have I trusted in a risen Savior? Am I a follower of Jesus? This Easter, we need to contend with this great escape. We must contend that on Sunday, the first day of the week, that Jesus escaped death and claimed victory for our sins by coming out of the grave. I want to look at three points today that the text makes us look at and ponder. The first is this, that Jesus escaped death. As what we read earlier, we see that there was after the death of Jesus that, that several things happened that a friend, Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Sanhedrin, yes, the same group that wanted him dead, this one was a believer and he wanted to take care of Jesus. He went to Pilate and, and asked him and, and said, can I take Jesus' body and can I take care of him? We read even further that, that there were other ladies, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were there as he sealed the tomb. What we read here is an account of Jesus escaping death. Now, maybe you've heard of the boy who cried wolf. Well, in my house, it's the woman who cries spider. No matter where there is a spider, where it is, what time of the day, and what I am doing, that there is a scare that goes through my wife, Sarah, unlike anything else. I mean, I've been outside cutting grass and I see someone coming, doing this. Hey, come, come. There's a spider you need to come kill for me. Now, we have trained. I have done many great warrior things for my wife and killing spiders over the years. And I'm raising up a new young line of spider warrior killers uh, and, my, and my son, Franklin. And so we have, I kind of have a backup now. But we know that when I come and when she sees the spider, if it's alive and I kill it, whether it's way up on the ceiling or way is behind something, here's the thing. If it's dead, there must be witnesses. <laughs> she must see the body. She must know that it's dead. We must have proof of even the guts that it is done for. And this is what Mark did for us. Clearly, above all things, he wanted us to know that this was not a figment of imagination. This was not a trick or a hoax, but that Jesus escaped death. That there are witnesses. There are experts. Joseph of Arimathea, 
who was a Sanhedrin, who was of a religious nature, knew what dead bodies look like and knew how to take care of them. As a matter of fact, it was to his fault and his willingness to know that the next day that he was going to have to skip, skip worship because while he had touched a dead body and a Jewish tradition, he wouldn't be able to go. He knew that this was sacrificial for him, that Jesus was dead. He even sacrificed himself in some ways by going to Pilate and saying, may I have this body? We have an expert of religious nature saying that Jesus was dead. We also have an expert of the law. We have Pilate who, who stood over things in a religious governmental section to know and to say, is Jesus already dead? I can't believe this has happened so quickly. Is Jesus already dead? That he got word and solidified that Jesus was dead. And how did he find out? Well, he went to a centurion. A centurion who had seen much death in battle, who, who knew what things looked like, that he knew that Jesus was dead. And when Jesus was sealed in a tomb, knowing that no one could, could take care of him for the next several days, other women testified that they were there, that Jesus was dead. Friends, there has been many tr who tried to claim that Jesus did not die. But Mark here writes a clear-cut evidence that Jesus was dead. The gospel of Mark, I call the fast gospel because if you notice, it says immediately, immediately, immediately. Over a third of his book that he wrote goes to the passion narrative in Jesus' resurrection. This was the most important news for Christians. And what did he portray? That Jesus suffered and died on the cross. You see, why is this important? Because Jesus cannot give us power over death that he himself did not conquer. Jesus died a horrible death for us. Jesus as he was crucified, was, was flogged with a cat of nine tails where metal and rocks would tear the flesh to the point that the, the back of the person being crucified, was, nothing was left but the exposed muscle. Jesus was beaten and tired and spat upon. And after all of this beating, he had to carry his cross. He was exhausted. And then, using nails similar to these, driven into his hands and into his feet, he was driven to cross for all to see. On the cross, the worst and most suffocating and worst way to die. We, as Americans, agree that uh, that waterboarding is something that is, is not good to do to our enemies. Well, friends, Romans hit their enemies with the worst death possible where they hung on a cross and the only way for them to breathe would be to push in the nails that were in their feet to rise up, to take a breath and to collapse again. Jesus suffered and died. 
Jesus didn't just suffer and die for any sake. Jesus took the wrath for your sin and for my sin. For every sin from the beginning of Adam and Eve being created in the garden, for every sin that was to come after his life, Jesus died and took the wrath of God for us, and he died. And this is what Mark tells us. It is the inescapable truth. But the truth of this is that in this death that the promise of life comes through Jesus' death. In Romans 6, 8 through 10, we said, it says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Amen? You see, it's important that we know that Jesus escaped death because one day, if we believe in Jesus, our hope of escaping death lies in him. And he cannot give us hope unless he escaped death. Secondly, we see here Jesus escaped death with witnesses. As we read in verse chapter 16, we see that, that the resurrection, though it was inconceivable at the time, had many people to proclaim that Jesus was alive. We see and read in chapter 16 that Mary and Magdalene, the mother of James and Salome, had brought spices to, to care for the body. And, and that then when they showed up, the stone was rolled away. And there an angel was waiting for them and said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See where they have put him. Go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you in Galilee and you will see him just as you, he told you. The resurrection was inconceivable to the first disciples as impossible for them to believe as many today. In the Greek worldview uh, that ruled the day, the afterlife was to be liberation from the soul, uh, excuse me, liberation from the body. So to think a resurrected Jesus or the promise of a resurrection that we would one day get new bodies would be foreign to them. Why would a resurrection be important? Even to the Jews, they believed in a future, future general resurrection, but not one that they ever thought could happen in their day. Many also doubted the veracity of the claim. Even Pilate himself and later others would say, how could this have happened? But here we see that Mark gave us sure-clad witness. They say, well, pastor, you only see three women here. Well, we see three women in the book of Mark, but we see others. We know through the other gospel narratives that there were six women there that day and others who went and then disciples who came and others who witnessed and even the centurion guards uh, who said and know that he was gone. We see that others, but here is clear, how do we know? Well, because Mark and the Christians, if they were making up the story that would uh, bring a movement that would last for 2,000 years and more, why would they put in the story the, the first witnesses being women? In the first century, they, women could not even stand as witnesses on trial. 
They couldn't be someone that could be stand for, for this truth to be declared. Why did Mark do this? Because it was true. Why else would he put what actually happened, the, the true account of these women that, that says that, yes, Jesus was alive. Later, they proclaimed that he was flesh and bones. They hugged him and touched him. He was not a ghost. Later on, we see that the disciples were able to meet him and touch him. This was not a group hallucination. Later on, Paul even reports in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, he said, Then Jesus appeared to 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Paul even says, even to this day, when this, uh, the book was written, he said, you can go talk to them. They saw him. He is alive. Friends, we know this, that Jesus has risen because we see the accounts of truth. He escaped with witnesses. And after a criminal does his time in jail and fu fully satisfies the sentence of the law, guess what? He's released. He's set free. The law has no longer claim on him because he has served his time. And in the same way, Jesus was let free of the grave because as an infinite sentence for our sins, for our death, for our punishment, Jesus died, though he was perfect, took on our sin and he died and he was able to leave the grave because he satisfied fully the task of paying for our sins. We know because of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, it is a proclamation that our sins are paid in full. Knowing that Jesus is alive and showing that he has escaped with witnesses shows us that Christianity, that Jesus is the way, is the truth, is the life. All other religions claim to have some path to freedom, but friends, Muhammad is still in the grave. Confucius is still in the grave. Joseph Smith is still in the grave, but Jesus is alive. And we have the hope of knowing that there are witnesses to show that there is no one that can give us life over death other than one who escaped it, and that is Jesus Christ our Lord. And that leaves us with a question. Number three, will the truth about Jesus escape you. There are many people who forgot the words of Jesus. The, the angel here said, he will, you will see him there just as you told him, as he told you. Jesus had declared several times in the book of Mark, Three different chapters, John, uh, excuse me, Mark 8, 9, and 10. Three different times that his, he had proclaimed that he would die and be raised to life. Well, friends, in the short nature of the immediate gospel of Mark, if it was three times, well, here's the news. He probably said it more than three times. He probably said it a lot. And they had forgotten. Or they didn't understand and here, even in a ministry of bringing his friend Lazarus to life, maybe you've heard or read the account of him bringing his friend Lazarus to life. He was dead. 
And Jesus brought him back to life. And I remember the the instant where Martha and Mary both came to Jesus and said, if you had been here, Lazarus would have never died. Jesus said, oh, he died because there is a greater reason. Jesus said in John chapter 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is the question. This is what cannot escape us. This is something that we must wrestle with, that we must know to be true. And it must not just be a true fact for us to know, but it is something that we stake our life on. Jesus must have said this all the time, but many in his day forgot. Many since have dis, have, have forgotten as well. Even today, many who try to disprove it, many who try to turn away from it, many who say it doesn't matter. But friends, this truth matters. If someone who proclaims to be God If someone who proclaims to be resurrected from the dead, if someone who proclaims to be the only way and the only truth to eternal life, if he is the one who stands and says, it is only through me that you can be saved, we must ask this question and answer it for ourselves. Do we believe? Friends, we must understand and not forget the resurrection You must understand that the resurrection of Jesus means that if we believe one day, we will be resurrected too. Joni Erickson Tata, you might have read some of her stuff or heard her radio program. She is a dear sister in Christ and unfortunately, lately is is suffering with cancer. But she was in a diving accident at age 17 and paralyzed from the neck down ever since. Yet she has used her life to be a proclamation of Jesus Christ and even in suffering how the resurrected life is special to her. One day she was specially impressed uh, when she was at church and at her church that she noticed that they regularly knelt to pray. And she prolonged hoping that one day she might be able to kneel, but in this current body she couldn't. Not to be self-centered, but because she wanted to give praise to the king. She writes, I know that in heaven, when I receive my resurrected body, I will be free to run, kick, jump, sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But the thing I plan to do on resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified needs and will kneel at the feet of Jesus. Friends, we suffer in this life in many different ways in our bodies. Many of us suffer today for different reasons and different things. But one day, if we have hope in Jesus, we will have a resurrected body like him. Friends, I pray that this Easter that we would understand that even in Jesus, he is our only hope. Jesus is the resurrection and the life but he also brings goodness to your life now. 
You see, knowing that Jesus is alive frees us to see that this world does not matter. It is the kingdom and heaven to come. Why do we have it so hard today to face rejection and suffering and loss of a loved one? Why do we seem to be controlled by money and stuff? Well, because we have been tricked that this broken world is the only thing that we have to live for. But in the resurrection, in Easter Sunday, in the Jesus who is alive, we understand that this is not our home that heaven is, and that the glory of God, our day, yes, it will expire here, but we will get a new one that lives eternally in heaven. No more anxieties. So today, we can, we can take risks. The worst news that we can get today, we can take with joy. We know that we can live for Christ with hope. We know that nothing in this world can harm us because our hope is in him. Brothers and sisters, the resurrection not only means some hope for the future, but hope for today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, are you living this life today? Are you empowered by the resurrection? Are you being freed from this world? Unbelievers today, maybe you don't know Christ. Do you need a new freer way to live? Do you need hope of Jesus? Well, today you need to trust that the only thing that can save you, trust that your sins have already been paid for. Trust that Jesus is the only way. Trust that Christ has done the work of saving for you. Repent of your sins. Turn to live for him. Follow him. Because why? He's not dead. He's alive. And you have someone to follow. Be baptized. Proclaim him in his name. Join a church. Obey him with your life. Trust the resurrected king today. Because friends, we know that Jesus escaped death. And it's one that we can't escape dealing with in our life. Let us pray. God, we are thankful for your testimony of Mark. We're thankful for the good news of Jesus we're thankful, Lord, that it is in him that we can be saved and that we will live forever. I pray, God, by your spirit that you would bring new life to people in their heart, that they would trust you, repent, and be born again, that today, Lord, would be their new day in a new life in following you. Today, I pray that they would trust you as Savior and Lord. For those of us who are believers, help us to see the good news, the miracle, and the power of living a resurrected life in you. May we not be tied down by this world, but knowing that we have hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Hebron Baptist Church. We pray as you have listened the Holy Spirit has worked in your heart that you may be faithfully follow him. Most importantly, we hope that you've been drawn into a relationship with God. At Hebron, we believe that the gospel is the central message of the Bible. The gospel is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, and died for our sins. But he was raised from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God. The most appropriate response to hearing this good news 
is turning from sin and turning to Christ. Don't stay far from God. Instead, repent and believe in Christ and be brought into an intimate relationship with Him. If you would like more information about this life-changing decision, please contact us through our website at hebronbaptist.org or even better, come see us on a Sunday morning. May God bless you as you follow Him. <music>